You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Hello and welcome to Matt Meets the Music Industry. I am Matt Bacon here with a very dear friend of mine, Roman Hodel of D19 <clears throat> uh, Booking. How are you, Roman? Hi, Matt. Thanks for inviting me. Um, well, it's, uh, it's busy weeks and months with a lot of uncertainty. We are, as I said, my name is Roman Hodel from District 19, based in Vienna, Austria. Uh, it's a small booking company. We have three, we have basically three people plus an administrator for IT stuff and um, we're doing European bookings, uh, work as tour agent as well, manage some bands. And right now, because the market is basically put on hold, we also have a small web shop where we sell some exclusive vinyls uh, from bands we manage or represent or represented in the past. But basically, uh, yeah, booking-wise, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And uh, right now, we postponing, rescheduling a lot some of the tours and festivals we also have to cancel, unfortunately, because of the availability of some bands next year. Some going to the studio whatsoever. So yeah, it's uh, it's busy times, unpaid, unfortunately, but that's how it works in, in, in booking. <clears throat> well, this is what I wanted to ask you about, was the return of live music in Europe? <laughs> yeah, well, it's as always, uh, Europe is divided and slow, very bureaucratic. See, um, if you look globally, this, the smaller countries plus the USA doing very well, like Israel, UK. Um, Europe made the mistake uh, with solving problems. Uh, they have to cooperate with 27 countries and administrations. And sometimes these countries don't even have the power to say whatever they want because their provinces have also a lot of power. And if there's no unity there, the country can say quick yes or no to things. Yeah. So, so booking wise, um, if we talk about the markets, which should reopen as quick as possible. Well, the, the, the pandemic is not over yet. That's the first thing. And everyone has a different st strategy and yeah, um, as when two years ago or one and a half year ago when this started, everyone was reacting differently and uh, with closing down and shut down the market. And now with opening, it's, it will be the same. Some countries will open sooner than others. So how do you... Okay, so I guess there's two big questions to ask, right? <clears throat> the first question is... What's the first show you have booked that you think is realistically going to happen? Well, uh, we have every week we have shows, so we can, it's we don't know. Um, touring wise, it will be very tough this year to have tours. Um, mm -hmm. Our agency, we have a Samael tour coming up in September and October. 
and we have an arch go toward them rive tour in november december that's the only two tours that are still on for this year all others had to be moved already have been moved already to next year mm-hmm. um, but it depends a bit on which country we are talking like right now it looks like some uh, countries like the scandinavian countries which includes denmark will open sooner than others um, others like germany it's going really bad right now and that's a problem for touring because germany is the main the largest market in europe touring wise also selling wise if you look at how many sales everyone has in the past uk was the largest but now germany by far is the biggest market in europe and their politics uh, yeah they go in, they made some in germany there were they acted a bit different there's no free testing etc like in austria for example and now they started to test more there will be there are more covid cases and now they shut down instead of opening things and uh, logistic wise for european touring uh, germany is major important although uh, yeah you want to get to eastern europe etc you have to basically pass germany even if you don't play so this yeah. uh, and this with a nightliner coach uh, with 22 people in it uh, playing different countries every day there will be problems with that also testing wise uh, the europeans are working on a so called dream passport uh, for people who already had their had their shots or already had the covid or just tested they they might have access but it's yeah nothing is sure at the moment so touring wise it's it's tough um, our strategy is really to to book local bands book uh, nationwide bands of so bands from the netherlands in netherlands etc in their own country or have fly ins maybe for one or two shows if they're well paid but for touring wise we're looking at new project uh, will start in 2022 so next year Okay. Yeah. That uh I get it. And then what about festivals? Because you know, at least those are outdoors. Usually oftentimes. Yeah, that's the paradox. Um the the specialists and doctors say, well, uh, outside the risk of uh, of infecting someone is very low, but uh, what do they do here? They lock the people inside. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure for, uh, it differs per festival, but uh, in which, which state they are, um, how many people are expected. Um, but basically it's all a global market. So people and the bands come from all around the world. So that's, that's a bit of a problem. Uh, if you have just, just the local audience, you will never make a profit. You need foreign visitors as well. Um, to 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 break even basically mm-hmm. yeah so, and that's, so uh, even, even if they would say uh, it's allowed again but if people are not allowed to travel it would be suicide for the local promoter to go on with this well but the I'm, other thing the other thing i was kind of looking at is like <clears throat> do you think you're going to be booking to you know domestic tours a long time before you start booking international tours 
Yeah, domestic, it doesn't make much sense to have any tour well, at that's, all. That's the problem. That's what I'm trying to figure out, right? But simultaneously... Uh, yeah, it depends it, a bit. If you want the shows to happen in the weekend, uh, which not everyone wants, some venues are specialized in other music styles and uh, prefer to have their parties and sold out techno mm -hmm. things in the weekend, and they prefer to have the live gigs on weekdays and but the bands and most band members are not uh, yeah, full-time doing this so yeah. they, they prefer to have the shows in the weekend same for the audience they don't travel far if you if you have to work the next day you, you don't drive 200 miles uh, for a show and return at 2 a.m you don't do that if you if the alarm clock yeah. goes at six, um, because yeah, that's another topic. But most of the audience are not twenty anymore. Absolutely. So it's uh, basically weekend shows uh, will be preferred, but also the it's very complicated because most promoters also don't want to run much risk anymore, or simply don't have the money anymore for yeah. Well, that's the other for, question. For hoping maybe enough people will show up. So the, uh, if you're in, the bands will be confronted with lower guarantees. It will turn towards door deals more. And yeah, it's risky. Like if, if some bands have previously got a good fee of, yeah, let's say, for example, $4,000 per show. Well, it, the guarantee might be half of it now. And the risk is on them because, yeah, sure, uh, the, if sometimes with a door deal you'll even have more money than with a guarantee but in the end there's a certain risk because if a promoter has less risk then yeah and the pre-sale is not the pre-sale is not that good but he already reached his break even he or she whatsoever then you will uh, he will there will not be a poster campaign one week before the show uh, to, to pull more people yeah. So, there, but if there is a high guarantee, uh, the local promoter will do more its best to, to sell it out. And so then tied into that, because I have a lot of US bands who listen to this, when do you think we're going to see American bands able to realistically tour Europe again? Well, next year. It, it's, next year. Uh, but, yeah, but it depends a bit on... Uh, which scale, which capacity venues are needed. If, if, if you're mostly play for capacity till 500 venues, clubs, then it will be next year. There will, it will happen for sure. There's a, there are other problems because basically uh, there's a huge traffic jam already. Uh, yeah. People, all the shows have been postponed, rescheduled to 2022 and 2023 already. So it, if you're looking at a new touring project, it will be really tough for a tour agent to get uh, to achieve a routing that makes sense, like uh, if efficiency wise. So it, it's, uh, but it's, if I would perform a play in a US band and I want to tour Europe, I want to, I would do it in a van and uh, with hotels. Like have it as small as possible, uh, touring party, travel party of maybe uh, only bring a sound engineer and a driver who sells the merch. And that's it, like old school again. Yeah. And um, this way you don't depend on uh, other bands who might 
jump off the tour package because of several reasons or maybe uh, at some countries uh, coaches with 22 people inside from different countries will have a problem crossing the borders mm -hmm. that, that might occur as well uh, or you have to simply retest every second day everyone on board which would also uh, suck yeah so um, if you look at this and obviously also the real risk of getting the COVID stuff um, you don't want that either so maybe uh, keep the travel party small and just uh, yeah sure you need another tour routing for this because uh, you can't have the next show 800 miles uh, if you have to drive it so uh, then the next city should be 400 miles or something in the next day but it has, it has benefits as well because every day you have your own hotel room you have a shower well more privacy and um, you're more in acting more independent uh, in case things get forbidden also in case you have an off day unforeseen because one country might not allow the show anymore yeah then uh, yeah if you small travel party you stay one day longer in your hotel do some sightseeing and that's it you will not have major costs but if you are traveling in a nightliner which costs around thousand five hundred dollar a day yeah well and have uh, 22 people uh, you need uh, a dinner <laughs> and drinks on your from out your own pocket so I don't I know this kind of tours will fall really quick after two or three cancellations the decision will be that uh, the tour is canceled and yeah. if you if you're traveling in a van well Com just make sure you get a comfortable fan because in Europe the fans are not that comfy like in the US yeah um, very true if you tour Europe uh, in a rotten bus <laughs> for six weeks well you might have back problems at least so uh, yeah then, but you, then you need a different kind of approach so your, your goal it's important what your goals are keep it realistic and uh, bring your own backline. Um, so just have a van and a, tra and, a, and a small trailer with your with your backline, and then uh, yeah, reorder your merch and let it deliver every ten days to another venue to restock. Yeah. Because then there's obviously a problem, uh, space problem, capacity-wise. So if I'm a band in Austria right now. You know, April twenty second, twenty twenty one. What should I be doing in terms of like, how should I be thinking about my next shows? What should I be doing in terms of live music? If the band's from Austria, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, well, it's, it would be perfect if you're in Austria because you're in the center of Europe, so you can you don't depend on flights too much. It's. Uh, the, the problems is more like if you're living in Portugal or in the north of Scandinavia or something, then you more or less you need flights. And here it starts already because flights prices went up already with 20 to 30 percent. Yeah. And um, on top, most promoters will not pay your flights anymore. So you have to pre-finance it them yourself. But if you're in Austria, um, yeah, first of all, maybe think twice if the new release, if it's already recorded, so I might wait a bit with uh, releasing it. 
because uh, basically you promote it with live gigs. If there are no live gigs, uh, you will sell less and uh, yeah, it will have a really negative impact on your results. Um, as an Austrian band, I would just uh, rent a van and first look for Austrian shows then, and then to the neighbor countries, which are many because you can go to Switzerland, to Germany, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Slovenia, Italy. So mm -hmm. it's very easy. And it's obviously it's important to be flexible. Sure, uh, the larger bands and also the larger agents, like if you talk about Live Nation, bands which pull more than 2,000 people a night, these will be on hold still for 2023 already. Uh, you really because, think so? Yes, because there will be, they will start over again with, with limitations all over. So, uh, first, it will be 100 people seated only. That's already in the news here right now that from next month, uh, these kind of shows can happen. But this is more or less, yeah, for classical music, this can work because they get funds from the government, etc. But if, if you organize shows by yourself without, this kind of government money that yeah you need at least a 300 capacity i think to make it work also the in, in rock and metal the, the fans are not really into seated shows unless you talk about heilung and stuff like that then you can do that but if you talk about extreme music yeah it should be standing sure if the, the distance rule it's also a problem one and a half meter distance with that you can't do anything the mask issue well uh, i don't think many people make a problem out of that sure it's no fun to if it's a festival to, to walk with a mask 12 for 12 hours but if it's a just a club show with a mask i don't think the fans make a problem out of that i think i think you're probably right so how does it feel then as a European agent, you know, who had a lot of success before all this happened? It sucks. Um, and, well, but how does it feel to look at America where things are opening up? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not. Um, they might close it down again as well, because here in, here in Europe, um, they're opening and closing all the time because yeah. the the pandemic is not over yet. So um, sure, uh, right now it, it's frustrating work because uh, we had five or six tours and several festivals, which we have to postpone and move and it's working again. You can compare it with building your own house. And then, and then uh, when before, short before it's finished, uh, someone from the local government comes and says, you have to tear it down again. And you have to do that, and but you only get paid if the family moves in. So, so that's problematic because it's all unpaid. Only if there's a result, you get your money. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, I'm, I'm the reason for doing this job never was the money. Sometimes the profit margins were also really, really small. So we don't lose that much money right now. I just hope that our clients, customers, and uh, local promoters and uh, festival owners survive it as well. So, because else uh, there will be less touring, but 
and then we have to start all over again like we started like uh, just renting a sports hall and rent a PA and light system and organize our own shows again that would be back to underground which I wouldn't even mind that much but I, I do I just think really it's important to have good sound and good lights and have yeah I don't want total underground again and also I think most most fans uh, appreciate good food at the events good drinks different drinks uh, have a good sound have a good experience positive um, yeah unless we go into the depths of black metal then it doesn't matter that's fine <laughs> well I think and this kind of ties into the next question I wanted to ask you is where do you think the um how do you think the festival landscape is going to look a year from now how what percentage of festivals do you think are going to survive etc etc yeah i think most of them will survive but some of them will uh, maybe switch from it will be smaller uh, the, the scene will shrink a bit uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but sure, now we're all forced to uh, restructure, maybe look how to save some money uh, mm -hmm. without compromising too much uh, when it comes to the quality of the event. Um, in, in, for Germany, I honestly hope there will be less festivals in the future. I'm not talking about uh, known ones, but there are every village has its festivals and there's only in summer there are more than 200 festivals in Germany only. 200 metal uh, festivals? Yes. Crazy. Metal, rock, maybe combined with hardcore or uh, sure. alternative music. But, but yeah, if you're, you have a broad taste of music, you can go to a festival, to, to 10 festivals a, a week, basically. If you're sure there are the large ones like Wacken, Summer Breeze, uh, Partisan, etc. They will continue for sure. Maybe they, they also have to compromise a bit. Uh, but I also hope they, they all survive because it's we all depend on each other in some way. Even when some are competitors sometimes, but uh, I see it as colleagues more. And um, sometimes we book shows and bands to that festivals. We have our own festivals. But there will not be that much money anymore in the festivals because the costs always have been high already. And the costs will go up with flights, maybe with uh, local restrictions, uh, other stuff, uh, transport, logistics, uh, manpower, uh, staff will be more expensive. And um, that will have its influence and impact on the ticket price. Um, sometimes VAT on the tickets goes up as well. So it's, yeah, the tickets, the ticket price will go up. Some festivals will not make it, but I think because most of them really want to do this because they love it and not because of the money, because no one is really rich. Most of the people I know who organize festivals or tours, well, they have an average salary or lower salary, lower than average. Yeah. So. So, but in this crisis, it shows you basically that, yeah, for me, it's like, this is what I want to do, even when the money sucks. That's kind of a bright spot in what's been a pretty depressing interview. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. You know, um, so, you know, I was actually just stalking because I wasn't sure. Like, it doesn't really appear that Vakin 2021 is happening. No, it will not. Yeah. And so I guess it's just like... It's uh, also some countries are not announcing it yet that they cancel. Because yeah. if, if they cancel, it has to do with insurances and maybe getting money from uh, some some government funds as well. Yeah. Like if the governments forbid you to organize your thing, you can claim money. So if you you quit by yourself, well, up to you. So in your eyes, a lot of the folks who haven't canceled over the summer just haven't canceled just because they're, they're waiting to be, uh, they're waiting to be canceled. They don't want that obviously. And, um, it also differs per country because some countries there are no government funds or less. Um, some of the festivals also are working on a plan B, like uh, have a smaller edition with only half of their capacity uh, or whatsoever. But th- the main problem is that simply um, most bands will not make it. Um, crew and also um, audience from people who bought tickets from other countries might not make it and then claim their money back. So there's this, it's, um, it's complicated, um, but they will, um, yeah. If, if you're a smaller festival, like maybe till 5,000 people, you might be lucky if you're in August or, but uh, as, but right now there's no light at the end of the tunnel and we, we're already almost in May, so. Um, totally. I'm, I'm negative to that. Uh, it's better to focus on next year. Totally. That's, uh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no, there's no positive aspect at all. So it, it's just that um, at least we didn't fuck it up ourselves this time. Uh, everyone is in the same boat. Sure. It, there's no... Uh, yeah, it's better to focus on, yeah, maybe in September club shows will go on with a limitation of 100 or 200 people. So if your uh, your band is really underground and pulls 100 to 200 people average, it, it will, obviously that will be the first bands that can tour again. Mm-hmm. But if, yeah. you have a, if you're a popular band with... Uh, many crew members, high costs for traveling, and you basically need a thousand capacity, then uh, for this year, it doesn't look very good. Totally makes sense. And that's definitely like... But also you have to get your shit together for next year and 2023 already, because I'm talking to agents uh, who are planning tours now for November 2022. And they already have uh, routing problems in in Spain and France. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Because everyone moved. And and it's also in Europe, it's not only that the touring bands have been moved and rescheduled. It's it's also like every venue where every show with ticketing involved, it could be even the local party of someone or uh, just, yeah, something 
less important to us. Everything which sold tickets moved it instead of uh, returning the money. So uh, uh, often you get the second or third option at the venue. Maybe if the first one gets canceled, you get you you can organize there. Yeah. So if, and and or which is also a strategy to go. Basically, I would advise to tour US first and then maybe do a UK tour. Uh, but for that, you need the working permits. Everyone needs working permits now because you're not yeah, a member. It's a whole of the separate fucking yeah, issue. for the US bands, it was already, uh, they needed already working uh, permits for the UK, same for Australian bands. But now European bands also need that. Or if a part of your travel party is, is from Europe, uh, like if you work with a front of house guy or tour manager or merchandiser from Europe, that person also needs working permits. It's not just the band members. So the full travel party needed, including the bus driver. And these cost about 300 bucks per person. So it's, yeah. it doesn't make sense if you go to the UK to just play London. It, uh, financially, it's a disaster. So uh, better if you look at the UK market, maybe book five or six shows. Then I was actually talking working. about recently, I was, I was in a conversation about a UK tour for not a very big band. It's going to be like 17 shows. They were like, fuck it. This is where we can play. Like we're going to go yeah. all the way to Cardiff and Scotland and do all these places that we haven't done in 20 years. Yes. Um, I would recommend it as well. It's a, uh, so first, you might from there you might go to Israel. Uh, you can play there as well. Market is open already, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, usually it was combined often with Turkey or with Cyprus, but right now that's not possible. Um, but things change, so uh, maybe in end of twenty two you can do that as well. But if you if you're a band, doesn't matter where you live, uh, play USA first touring then UK and yeah I would plan and schedule Europe last even when it's the main market but if it's not open you will break your financial neck going there yeah what about Australia totally locked uh, they only open to New Zealand and um, uh, I'm actually discussing uh, a European tour right now with one band from Australia and uh, they can't can't confirm for for end of next year because uh, right now the government is very protective and they they just opened that and they're basically sure they can an Australian band can leave Australia but um, returning is another thing sure yeah. they can but there will be a long quarantine time etc and if you I don't know if you have a have a job day job then uh, touring Europe three or four weeks. You can't risk uh, two weeks of quarantine when you come home. You don't have th th that many days. Totally. Totally. So, no. It's, um, it's fucking frustrating to see, man. Yeah. So, is, there, is there anything that does give you hope looking to the end of this year and into 2022? Like, is there anything you're at least excited about? Yeah, the smaller shows. Okay. As, yeah. Just focused um, on our roster. We also have smaller bands, which are, which, yeah, which are luckier now than the biggest one. Usually, all the attention goes to the larger bands. 
And now, uh, yeah, if you're small and flex, and if you have your transport, uh, like if you have your own van, for example, or can rent cheap, then yeah, work that out. Uh, what I said about just um, just the one band hit the road. You don't need the others uh, or play with local bands. Um, and start from there because this crisis will take longer than everyone expected. And um, in the end, everything will be okay again. I'm, I'm, I'm positive about that. It just takes way longer than expected. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's <laughs> where we're at. Yeah, because this, also the government saved money for many, many years on, on social health stuff. Well, and now no one was prepared for pandemic. No one. Yeah. So now that's the price we all have to pay, I guess. And uh, but we, 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 yeah. If you're a bit creative, work around things. It just uh, we can't organize illegal shows whatsoever because the penalties are really high here for for things like that. Because I would be into that as well, like organizing something on the in the mountains here, uh, desolated area to to do some last minute show and inform everyone last minute but uh, it's it's too tricky they might confiscate your pa your backline and they even even wrote about jail if you organize things like that so better don't do it yeah it's better to avoid yeah <laughs> well thank you for taking the time to talk about all this stuff are there any uh, final things you want to touch on before we wrap this up oh thanks no it's uh, stay positive um uh, maybe work a bit for bands maybe work a bit more focused on the on your music and albums because there, there are so so many albums there will also be so many releases expected uh, next year there are many bands who have recorded already their albums but wait with an, uh, with releasing it or their labels putting it on hold so there will be a shitload of releases are expected uh, by the end of this year and early 22 um like also from the larger bands like rammstein megadeth iron maiden uh, but also many smaller bands and put everything on hold so it will be shitload of shows and, and many releases so if you yeah if i would be in a band i would focus more on songwriting recording uh, because nowadays the most most albums are written too quick or yeah no, often recording yeah recordings it's it's not good most classic albums you know the band has been in the studio and songwriting writing for it for years so maybe yeah. if you have time now because if there are no shows focus on the recording and and make it a good one because there's a huge competition and yeah better profile your band with that wise words. Thank you so much. Thanks, Matt. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast.